Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing I have been amazed at the revolution now taking place in the USA, the Me Too revolution, where we've seen a number of highly regarded, and in some cases very lowly regarded, people in high places taken down by the witness of those they are charged with having sexually harassed or abused. The common denominator is men who've used their position and power over, in most cases, women. While the epidemic does not surprise me, after all, I am a man and I know from the inside the kinds of forces and temptations that drive me and many other men, even though I'm not surprised, I'm sad that more men haven't learned how to care for themselves and to grow their circle of care such that their hungers don't come out crooked and hurtful. I believe there is a healthy way of being that can be encouraged and learned, and Peter Alsop has produced decades of music that light the way to a healthy male sexuality. Peter is a musician, sure, but he's also a psychologist and a man who has done his time in the trenches to learn a better way of being. Peter Alsop joins us by phone from Topanga, California to share his thoughts and music on growing the circle of care. Peter, welcome back for the Googleplex plus one time to Spirit in Action. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. But, yes, you have been my most frequent guest in part because you've got so many insights into so many different facets of the things that I think are important. And as I've been looking at the news lately, all the issues going on related to sexual harassment and various aspects of that, it struck me that I don't think I know another person who's been less abashed and more unabashedly has dealt with these issues in their songs. So first I want to thank you for all that music over the decades that you shared with me and so many other men and women that address these issues and for joining us here today to talk about this. Well, I'm delighted. I wish they were hit songs so more of these guys that are acting out could have heard heard some of this stuff. Yeah, and of course, it's the same issues that when people have dysfunctions, they don't gravitate towards the solutions because I think inwardly, each of us builds a system that helps us maintain how we are that we stay with the balance even when it's really unhealthy for us and everyone around us. Well, it's interesting is that, you know, I'm a psychologist as well, and a lot of what I write about is stuff that I feel like a lot of my songs are support system tools for therapists and people that can play a song and get a lot of issues out on the table in a non-threatening, safe-feeling way for their clients, and then things can be talked about. And what you just mentioned about that, you know, sex is a huge medicator. Basically, one of the reasons people have trouble letting go of some of their habits, whether it's because of a, an addiction to a substance or a behavior, because there's lots of behaviors that you get that will work as medicators for painful feelings, too, you know. And sexually acting out is one of the things that it's, it's really hard to let go because what you're facing is all this pain you don't want to deal with, 
And for some people, it's having another drink or somebody's you're exercising compulsively or obsessively. Or, but there's all of your dopamine, all of the other stuff that goes on in your body when you're just focusing on somebody else or feeling sexually aroused is huge. And to feel like you have to give that up means you've got to face the other stuff that you just didn't want to deal about, the feeling maybe perhaps feeling like you're not worthy or whatever. It's really hard to break the medicative parts of, of acting out sexually because it's a huge boulder of stuff you don't want to deal with. And do you speak about this experientially? Yeah. And I also think that most of us, I mean, human beings do not like, let me just step back for a second and talk about one of the things that I've been teaching for years when I get hired to go out on the road and, and I sing songs at conferences because everybody else usually sings lectures. The name of my presentation for years has been Making Safe Places. And it's not just physically safe places, but making an emotionally safe place where people don't have a place to go to deal with some of their painful feelings. You know, the basic feelings are happy, sad, scared, and angry. And if you're looking at sad, scared, or angry, people use the term, well, those are bad feelings. I don't want those feelings. And I try to get rid of that value judgment because they're useful. They're not bad feelings. They're painful feelings. You know, there's no judgment on the painful. It's just there's, you know, you're feeling sad, you cry, and just wells up in you, or you're angry, you know. They're painful feelings. And what people do is we constantly, even by calling them bad, it shows how the society says, if you're having those feelings, you should better not have those because you're going to make me uncomfortable because feelings happen to be contagious. So it's a way that we protect ourselves, but we say those are not okay things to have. So people try to get rid of them. They don't want them. They're painful. So they medicate or we medicate. And have I used sex to medicate? Yes, sure have. Yep. If I can focus on that, I don't have to worry about whatever else is bothering me just like anyone else. The question is, is, there's nothing wrong with a lot of the behaviors that can be medicating behaviors like sex. There's nothing wrong with sex. It's just if you're using it obsessively and compulsively to avoid dealing with painful feelings, that that's when that focus, and it isn't just even sex, it can be stalking somebody, it can be not having actually having sex, it's the whole relational stuff that happens with codependency. So, yeah, I certainly have done that. I came from a family where there's a lot of alcoholism that tended to be the drug of choice. Humor is something that we would do obsessively and compulsively, just make fun and try to tease each other all the time. And it was not a safe place in that department, certainly not emotionally. So what's the matter? Can't you take it? So <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's that kind of thing. That happens with guys a lot of times. You know, we have trouble dealing with some of our more, you know, if you really care about another fella, and you, you know, you're not gay, but you just really like this guy. You love him. He's your buddy. You know, we'll talk more about that as we go through this, uh, our time together here, I think. But the issue is it's hard to say that. So you punch him in there and say, hey, asshole, I don't know. But you get my point that it's like because guys don't have a really healthy feelings vocabulary in a lot of these areas, just come say, hey, man, I really love you. That's rare. And I see a huge change in our generation, Mark, compared to our parents' generation, where it's a lot easier for us guys to hug each other and hug our parents and speak more about how we're feeling. I mean, it's light years beyond. And so it's going in the right direction. And I feel very hopeful about the way that the culture is responding to the allegations of sexual abuse and women getting together in groups to kind of go and see. They're not even in groups. It just comes out that when there's enough people saying it, it isn't one person alone. So I'm going hooray because we need to start addressing this stuff. It's uh, My growth as a male started when I was born because I was a I was a little male when I was born, as were you. And I think that what happens is, is that we start off with focusing as we learn to, we don't even take care of ourselves, but eventually we start to have to learn to take care of ourselves, which our parents. So my focus is all me, which we hear when you know when you have a two-year-old around, it's me, 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 me. Everything's about him or her. 
And then that widens, that circle widens as we get older and we maybe care about our friends and we start to move out into our peers. And that's when we have to villainize our parents. Oh, my parents are stupid, you know, and I, you know, I like my friends and they're the teens. And that's where the teen years where you get in, in, in early 20s and you're going into the military and some of the rites of passage that men have there is what creates these incredible bonds of, you know, looking out for your team members and your mates. And then we, the circle widens more when we start looking for a lover or a life partner. There's lots of bumbling around in that area as we're figuring that out. And then you have a kid, and all of a sudden you, your whole life changes because you're going, wow, I'm watching myself as a kid through watching my child. A lot of the music that I've been doing, as you know, is also kids' music and children and family music because that's such an important piece of opening oneself up and widening that circle where you not just caring about yourself all the time. And, and then, of course, after the kids, we, then we start dealing with our parents again because they're grandparents now and they're starting to get older and we realize that they have limited time and, and we start trying to spend more time with them and, and then we become grandparents. And so and I'm 71, so you know I've been through some of this stuff, as you said, and my, a lot of my struggle has been what kind of things am I using to medicate painful feelings because those feelings are their emotions when I'm feeling that painful emotion, it means I probably need to make a move. I have to either set a boundary or move out of the place. Otherwise, I'm going to be constantly reliving that and having my buttons pushed for that painful emotion. That's, that's why we use medicators. And when you use a medicator and you're not dealing with the issue because it's medicated and you don't feel it, then this stuff keeps coming up and you don't have any growth. That's kind of where we are. And that's a long answer to a short question. And I know people want to hear some music. So let's start off with one of your songs. A Good Time is about someone who is medicating, or two people maybe who are medicating here, but let's listen to Peter Alsop's song, A Good Time. I see that you're alone You look like someone I once knew Well, I'm just a little drunk, but do you mind? Hope I haven't blown my chances here with you. What I'm about to say sounds like a lie. Well, I made it this far. I came out to have a good time, and here you are. I came out to have a good time. Would you like to share a glass of wine? Cause I'm alone in here And I came out To have a good time This elevator goes so slow When you look at me that way well, I'll ride up and see you to your door First you tell me no Then your husband's gone, you say Sure you slip into something else I can't think anymore When I've made it this far I came out to have a good time and here you are I came out to have a good time And even though the evening's going fine I'm alone in here And I came out To have a good time 
Time is by Peter Alsop, who's our guest here today for Spirit in Action. We're talking about widening our circle of care, about how men grow. We're talking about what men need to do from their part, instead of pointing fingers at other folks. What do we need to do in our lives so that the sexual abuse, sexual harassment, rape, all those things that are far too prevalent in our culture that we can do our part so they don't have to be there. And as Peter was saying right before we played Good Time, medicating our feelings with sex, alcohol, many other things, and and, in Good Time it's sex, we sometimes don't learn enough about ourselves to be conscious enough, I think, to live compassionately in the world. And, you know, I'm not sure in that song, I don't have the sense that the woman, I mean, she was a willing partner in what she was doing there, but the man wasn't serving his needs in doing that. And I guess maybe that's the important part of the message there. Well, yeah, just what you said about this, I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and I'm heterosexual, so of course I was right thinking of a woman and me being the person in the song, but... There's nothing that says it was a woman. It could have just been someone else. It could be a gay or lesbian relationship. What's going on here too? It's the, it's the focus on that part of, you know, it isn't like I even know you very well. But you're, if you're interested in sleeping with me, you know, ah, oh, that's great because I love to. I like the way that feels, and maybe it makes. It means I'm okay if you're willing to let me inside your body. You know, that wow, I must be okay. And that's another example of where we go look for outside affirmation that we're okay in the world instead of finding ways to value our own perceptions of, you know, I'm okay and I don't have to do something or have someone else's approval in order to feel all right about myself. A lot of us struggle with this. The other thing that I was going to talk about with this, Marcus, is that, you know, I think that we're all on a journey. I think that little kids are doing stuff that's totally appropriate when they're just focusing on themselves, you know. And I also think that I don't like to hold up a clock to anybody but you can see that there are people that have opened up their circle of caring about other people as they've gotten older, and some people that just stay stuck and staying focused on themselves and not caring about other folks purposefully. And we see some of this in politics. <laughs> Certainly, I don't know why that. Gee, I wonder why that jumped into my yeah, mind. I wonder how that came up. Yeah. But it's also in lots of relationships. Like you and I were chatting the other day, and we talked about somebody that you know married their high school girlfriend. And then got a job and took off and was an insurance executive company in the company and stuff. And but he worked all the time, was trying to provide a good life for his wife and his children. And but he was always at work. And his wife left him, 
And so a couple of things. One is he need to, he's going to need to take a look at, you know, how come I wasn't picking up on the fact that she was so unhappy? Maybe I need to take a look at my using work to medicate painful feelings. But I'm just busy all the time because I am doing obsessively and compulsively. Look what happened in my life, and I wasn't paying attention. And now I've got to start dating again. And the guy's in his mid-40s, and he's going, I don't know how to do this. I never really did this. We just got together in high school. So in terms of his widening his circle of caring, he didn't have any experience in fumbling around like you do when you're dating and you're trying to figure stuff out and you have a bunch of different relationships and you probably most of the people listening out there have had more than one relationship in their life. What happens is when you change partners, it hurts and you learn stuff. You know, if you're paying attention, if you don't learn, guess what? Next partner, same stuff's going to surface because you're a common denominator there, you know. So, I don't know, I've been just hearing all this stuff on the air, and I've just I'm been a feminist man for 40 years, you know, uh, just, I learned so much from the women in my life, and my brain works like a man's brain does, it tends to like nice concrete things, and, you know, diamond, black and white, and up and down, and back and forth, and all and kind of ways that I can just see, it's either this or this, and what I've learned from so many of the women, feminist women in my life, that end up the continuum of life, where there's all sorts of shades of gray, I mean, everybody's heard that, but actually, really, really, realizing that and trying to be comfortable with stuff where you don't have clear delineations. How do I get along with somebody who's saying things that seem to me to be diametrically opposed to each other, but they're both part of this person's purview of the world? How do I hold both of these conflicting concepts together in my life? And yet I do. And that ambivalence is really hard for a male brain a lot of times. So I had a friend back in the, uh, oh, it was about 1983, 84. She was an instructor at Clark University. Her name was Betsy Stanko. She and another friend of hers named Hamina Bunster and a couple of the graduate students were being sexually abused. And the head of the department, who was a man, was expecting sexual favors. And he had power over these women because the other ones were other professors in the department. But he was the head of the department. And then, of course, there were the graduate students that he was their thesis advisor. And so they went to the Clark University and they said, okay, look, this is going on. It's not okay. And Clark University brought up charges against the head of the department. Well, the head of the department also was the head of the teachers union at the college. And he went to the National Labor Relations Board and he said, these people at Clark University are trying to get me fired because I'm negotiating such good contracts with them. So the National Labor Relations Board got together with the board of Clark University and they made a deal and they dropped charges against the head of the department. And the next day he brought out lawsuits against Hamena and Betsy for defamation of character. And they did, they're on a small university professor's salary. They didn't have money to fight this. And they needed more than a million dollars to come up and get people to help them with this thing. And I went and did a concert and I wrote a song at the concert. Because I was realizing I certainly can be assertive sexually and say, you know, reach out and say, hey, what are you doing? You want to go out and, I don't know if that's sexual. I think I've always been looking for a partner in that process, not just sexual. But, of course, that was a big part of it when I was a young man. And I went, there but for the grace of God goeth I. That could have been me, the head of the department, because just because a guy had his labor relations stuff together doesn't mean that he had his sexuality in check. And he hadn't widened the circle enough to really care about what is this doing when I'm using power tactics to try to get someone to sleep with me instead of because they really like me and want to sleep with me. So I wrote a song called Give Yourself a Hand, which is about using masturbation as an alternative to sexually acting out. You know, take the pressure off yourself. And I'd like to try to use humor with things because if you can get it out on the table, then you can talk about it. I recorded this book in 1985. It's on my fan club favorites album. And uh, I was going to do, I don't have a video, but I'm going to put one out in the next couple of weeks. And I asked a friend of mine, who's a videographer, if she'd help me with it. She said, yeah, but I have a problem with you saying people to go ahead and give yourself a hand. 
you know, I mean, a lot of what some of these guys are doing is just, I've had people masturbate in front of me, and it's, it's like, it's awful, it's yucky, it's like, and I'm going, wow, I never thought about that, you know, so I have to make sure when I do this remake that I always say, if you're going to do it, do it in private. <laughs> it's like, you're, it's your own circle of care there. Don't share it with people unless they want to be shared with or something, you know. Anyway, maybe we could play that one. People can get a kick out of that. Before we go into Peter Alsop's song, Give Yourself a Hand, I do want to point out the purpose of this song, even though we're doing it with humor, lightness, the purpose is how do we make this world a safer, better place for everyone involved? And with that in mind, let's listen to Give Yourself a Hand. Give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand. You say it's not your fault, so it's got to be your glands. So give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand. Give us all a break and give yourself a hand You know you act like you've been deserted on an island All alone for years With no one there to scratch your back or rub behind your ears So you act like you're in heat, drowning in testosterone And every conversation takes on sexual overtones And your fingers indiscreetly with no conscience of their own Go creeping here and there, acting quite unchaperoned your starving, leering, lechy eyes pursue her every move Drooling, searching for her thighs or the bouts of her bazoom It's so tedious, exhausting, unnecessary and Easily cured and remedied this plague of modern men Just give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand You say you're at the mercy of your bodily demands So give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand Give us all a break and give yourself a hand. Oh, that's what we're singing about. So you won the big election, but it's not your macho crap. It's your work, not your erection that put you on the map. You're the chairman, captain, chief. Your title's on your card. Success once bought relief, but now that's not the way things are. Has your mother ever mentioned suffering gross indignities from big men with bent intentions? Do you think that she'd be pleased? Come on and join the rest of us. We're trying hard to change the selfish and injurious ways that we've been trained. If you're insecure or scared, you can ask me for support. If you're lonely, we can talk. But if you're horny, be a sport and give yourself a hand. You say you're only comfortable when you're in command So give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand Give us all a break and give yourself a hand This common health phenomenon some marriages has saved They don't do it down in Washington, which is why they're so depraved <laughs> It's fun and full of rhythm, you can play to beat the band So do yourself a favor, it's something you will savor Yes, do yourself a favor and give yourself a hand Give yourself a hand Give yourself a hand. You say you've no control when your private parts expand. So give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. Give us all a break and give yourself a hand. We know that riding on the range makes a cowpoke real tough and seamy, smelly, strange, and all that other manly stuff. Just like football, motorcycle, grease, soldiers, guns, and beer. You're out to prove that you're okay, but boy, you're acting weird. Have you got a big obsession? Afraid that you might die if your sexual aggression won't make some sweet young thing sigh and offer you her hips and heart and mind and soul. Do you have to have a power fix to make you feel whole? No one else should have to suffer cause you happen to be strong. Grow up and be responsible for knowing right from wrong. And give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand. We 
will all applaud you when you try hard as you can. So give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand, give us all a break and we'll give you a hand. Yeah, give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand, we will all applaud you when you try hard as you can. Give yourself a hand, give yourself a hand, give us all a break and we'll give you a Another one of those songs I love by Peter Alsop. Give yourself a hand. His website is peteralsop.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. Give yourself a hand is so wonderful. I Actually, I love the entire album, Fan Club Favorites. It's got some really touching eulogies in there and a few others that are just so meaningful for me. And this one, Give Yourself a Hand, is so applicable because one of the verses in there talks about the person winning the election and their macho crap. So I guess since it's macho, it's supposed to be man. He's trying to make women sigh and getting his self-worth out of that. And it seems like we've had exposures of a lot of men particularly doing that lately. If this song had been a number one chart hit back in 85, maybe it wouldn't have taken so long to get to the point where we call out that behavior and say, go at home, do it yourself, don't inflict it on anyone else, and don't make anyone else responsible for your sexual needs, your sexual preferences, your desires. Just keep it at home yourself and let's do work at work and let's do relationships cleanly. So why didn't it hit number one, Peter? It's just so wrong. The world's so tilted. I can't understand why it didn't. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a video of this, as I said. So if anybody wants to go, if you're on Facebook, go to We Like Peter Alsop and like the page, and I'll put uh, some links up there. You can also find us on YouTube if you want to just listen to it or play it. But this is where I need help from people to get this stuff out because, yes, it is humorous, but it's only humorous if you're not the recipient of some unwanted attention. Someone just mentioned the word the other day about how men pestering. You know, pestering doesn't sound very dangerous, but it's kind of, there's a sexual pestering that goes on all the time. Because guys have this on, we have this on our minds, I'm guessing. I mean, one of the things that is clear that if, Mark, if your predecessors and my predecessors hadn't been as interested in sex as they were, we probably wouldn't be here. There would be somebody else here. You know, I don't know that the DNA would have gotten passed on without some of that focus. And uh, it's just a question of how to keep this stuff in balance and how do we... You know, you can't legislate this stuff. You can't tell people how to behave. But what you can do is set examples. And I know lots and lots of guys who are, they set healthy examples. I know lots and lots of guys that, you know, just the concept of masturbating. Here's another thing. We don't talk about that, you know. There's this implicit thing in male subculture that is if you're beating off or whatever they call it, whatever it happens to be in your subculture, that there's something wrong with you because you ought to be able to get laid with somebody else. So that you got if you can't get a woman, you know what's wrong. Something wrong with you. Those are messages that we give in in oh so many ways culturally on films that we see, the advertising that we still. I mean, I remember in the '60s if you saw a scantily clad woman with a car, you're going, what has that got to do with purchasing that car? And of course, it's all this not so subliminal messages that if you get a car like that, then the women with hardly any clothes on will want to drive around with you which appeals to the male side of that. I mean, you don't see that as much, but I remember after that was lots of us stood up and said, that's not okay to advertise that way. And we saw billboards and things, and people would actually make a point to just let the company know, no, not happening. Not You're giving my daughter messages that I don't want her to have. 
These are not healthy, caring messages. It's about, you know, being a sex object. And I don't want my sons to be seeing that and thinking that that's really important to do either. So how do we get you guys to stop advertising that way? It's only by speaking up and only by us taking a look at it ourselves. You know, what's going on and making sure we take time out of our busy, busy days to speak up about things like this when we see that going on. I was part of a think tank for a bunch of years on population growth. I met a, a young woman there that started an organization called Hollaback. I started in New York in, in the last bunch of years. It's about stopping street harassment, which is just another place that goes on. You're hanging out with the guys, and you're walking down the street, and you see a, a woman, and you whistle, and, you know, the idea is, oh, boy, or whistle, or whatever. I mean, it, it's been around for a long time, and there's other forms of that now that go on. But the unwanted sexual attention, the pestering that goes on with that, and if anybody says anything about it, the idea that, you know, no, what's the matter, man? Can't you take a joke? Hey, come on, we're just I'm just telling you how beautiful you are, you know? And guys miss how that is offensive and how there's ways to compliment somebody that have to do with them, not with their physical appearance only. We've heard our president do that. So one of the more recent songs I've written is I, I took a parody of the old song Lollipop and I did a song called Hollaback because Hollaback is an organization that's doing a tremendous job at stopping street harassment and raising awareness of men and women all around the world. They've got hundreds of sites in many different countries that are trying to deal with this because it isn't just here in America that we deal with that. So let's listen to Hollaback. It's by Peter Alsop, but it's an homage to Emily and the other folks of Hollaback. picture with my phone and put it on holla back holla back oh holla 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 back holla back oh holla 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 back holla back oh holla 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 back don't be a dumb dumb we're telling stories that of being alone we got computers and we got cell phones we've got a global movement growing and we refuse to be oppressed by fear Cause we are Holla back, holla back Oh, holla, 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 holla back Holla back Oh, holla, 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 holla back Holla back Oh, holla, 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 holla back We know you're horny, you have made it clear But it is not our job to help you, dear You're still a boy who doesn't understand So go home and, honey, use your hand in private, holla back, holla back, oh, holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh, holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh, holla, 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 holla back. No means no, Joe. You wanna know why you don't turn us on? Log on to iHollaback.com and read the story, see if you relate. You can change your ways, it's, it's not, not too late to join us on Holla Back, Holla Back, oh, holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh, holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh, holla, 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 holla back. Do right tonight. We're stopping street harassment, me and you. Straight in L and G and B and T and Q. Every color, man and woman, every shape and size. Holla Back has got us organized. Hooray for Holla Back, Holla Back, oh, holla, 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 
great message, Hollaback. I love the tune, Lollipop, although the original, I don't think I believe in sugary things anymore, so I'm not so much in lollipops, but Hollaback is something worth knowing about, and I'm glad that Peter Alsop included on his River of Life CD. Emily started that way. Who is Emily? Emily May. She's a wonderful young activist that has been... You know, she's done TED Talks, and but she just really knows how to organize. And, you know, they started doing things where they would take actual pictures of people that were street harassing them and send them into the site, you know, so people would go, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I'm hassling women like that. Before we go on to another topic, Peter, I want to remind folks, Hollaback, actually the website is iHollaback.org. iHolla is H-O-L-L-A back is b-a-c-k dot org the link is on nordenspiritradio.org so just look under spirit in action for this interview with peter alsop and this is spirit in action which is northern spirit radio production on the web nordenspiritradio.org we've got 12 and a half years of our programs there for free listening and download and a lot of them are with peter alsop because he's been so powerful in the music he turns out in help turning us to world healing there's place for comments Please make your communication two-way. Communicate with us here at NordenSpiritRadio.org, but Peter would love to hear with you, and you connect up with this Facebook page. We like Peter Alsop, and you can stay in touch with really important things happening in this world. On our website, there's a donate button, because this is full-time work, and it's supported exclusively by listeners. So it's not the government, it's not corporations, it's because it's meaningful to you. Click donate when you come. Even more important, I'd say support your local community radio station. Local media is so completely essential. I'm very proud that Northern Spirit Radio programs are carried on at least six stations in California at this point, out where Peter is. I'm here in Wisconsin, and we've got five in Wisconsin. So we're all across the country. These are stations who are bringing you local music and local news, stuff that doesn't pass muster for those who want to make a profit off of it. So please support your local community radio stations. Again, Peter Alsop's here. We listened to three of his songs so far. Hollaback is about such wonderful empowerment, and I think we each need to empower ourselves. It's not really that women have to take care of men, men have to take care of women. We all care about each other, and we have to look at the consequences our actions have on others. Anyway, Hollaback is great. Putting things in front of us so we can see them, seeing our own behavior. Am I comfortable with my own behavior if other people can see it? That's an important question. Well, there's a, I was mentioning about setting boundaries that I needed to learn to do. So when you can start setting boundaries for yourself that way, then you can learn to set boundaries with other people because a lot of times, I was just mentioning earlier how it's, it's sometimes hard for those of us who want to take help other people and fix things to be quiet. And particularly as a parent, I remember watching my kids try something and I think to myself, that's never going to work. And I realized, well, you know, it's not a problem here. She's not going to hurt herself. She'll learn it better if she figures it out herself, so I'll be quiet. And then what happens when I'm quiet, I learned other things. Like 80% of the time I'm right, but the other 20% of the time she did it. I go, how did, how did you do that? And I learned something by being quiet myself. So there's a song I have called When You Ask Me First. I don't know if we have time for that, but it's, uh, it's about a guy who's having trouble with his control issues because his girlfriend's starting to become more assertive in the bed. And it was, I wrote this back in 1977. A lot of these songs are from uh, some of my older albums. I had a feminist girlfriend back then. I was learning things every two or three major lessons every day because of having her in my life created a way that I could focus on things and just go, oh, God, I'm doing that, aren't I? 
So a lot of my behavior was tempered by her input, which I greatly appreciated. I didn't always appreciate it, but I would go through something, we'd have a hassle about it, and I would go and find out, yeah, she's right. And then I'd write a song about it because I'd trying to keep some other poor dude from having to go through the hell hassle because maybe I could put, put it down in some way that he could figure it out. And this isn't just for heterosexual relationships. It's for any kind of close, loving relationship, which I think are the laboratories for us to learn where we need to grow ourselves. There's a book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman written by a guy named John Perkins. And I heard John talk, and he told us one of the things that's in the book as well about the gender differentiations that happen in a tribe of people called the Schwa that live down in Ecuador. And the men are in charge of the stuff outside, and the women are in charge of the food and inside. And What the women have is this extra duty, which is they come outside sometimes, and they look around, and they see all the trees the men have been cutting down and all the animals they've been killing, and they go, okay, no, stop, that's enough, we don't need any more. I thought, boy, is that important because I think it's time for women's ascendancy. It's past time because women and the way their brains work, they take resources and they use it to build infrastructure for the community so their children can grow up in a safe place. And guys, when we get resources, we usually try to get people to see how neat we are and get more money so we can buy cars and have women like us and see if we can get laid more. That's a gross generalization, but that's kind of the way we've been built, and we need to temper that. And I have always found that my women friends, I find their advice tremendously helpful. And so I wrote a song called When the Women Say No, and then this is thanks to John Perkins, and, uh, and it's on my uh, Disciples of Perfection album. Way far away in the land of the Schwa, down deep in the jungles of Ecuador, the men cut the trees and they hack the vines And the women take care of the houses inside And the men kill the animals and hunt for food And the women they cook it, the things taste good But the men of the schwa can go too far Then the women say no, no. The men listen, you know When the women say no, no. The men need to listen when the women say no. no It's a better vision when the women say no, no. It's about time when the women Say no, no. Gotta draw the line. Don't, don't do, do it no more. more. Don't do it no more. Don't you do it no more. Don't do it no more. Don't do it no more. Don't you do it no more. When the men of the Schwar were invited to a city, well, it got to New York. Wasn't very pretty, all the metal and cement Their brains started swimming So they asked the other men What happened to your women? When the women say no, no. Men need to listen when the women say no. no It's a better vision when the women say no, no. It's about time when the women say no, no. Gotta draw the line Don't do it no more, don't do it no more Don't you do it no more Don't do it no more They push trying to get to the top Bigger and richer till they're fighting in wars And the women ask, who are you doing this for? Men say, war is hell, but it won't go away Humans did it back then and we do it today But the women say, this is not quite true It's mostly you men, so we'll say it again When the women say no, no. life is in danger When the women say no, no. get out the lone ranger When the women say no, no. Stop the raping abuse when the women say no. no. 
chicken cherish when the women say yes. Yes, we are telling the men we can do it again. We can do it again. Let's do it again. We can do it again. We can do it again. Let's do it again. But when the women say no, no, men better listen. When the women say no about the Schwa women down Ecuador. It's also, as I think you said, Peter, time for an ascendancy of something different. You know, for many centuries, most of the control, the government, the leaders were men. And I'm not sure that the women who rose to the top in that period have been particularly good examples of what we need greater ascendancy in. I do have this problem, though, when I wrestle with these issues, so, Peter, because part of what I think we have to learn from is the natural world, and evolution is a natural phenomenon. So that which succeeds, succeeds. So I just want to confess, and Peter and I have had about four hours of conversation before this interview began, so we haven't resolved everything between us, but there's a lot of bases that we occupy the same way, and we're both headed in the same direction. So when the women say no is one of them that very much is needed in this world. And thank you for making that, Peter. You're welcome. And I'm, I'm not sure that two people, the, the more that we talk to each other and, and like each other, and the more we divulge about each other, that we're ever going to resolve everything because that's one of the remarkably wonderful things is that you are different than me you have different experiences and you're I, I see a bunch of different strands in each human being and certain strands like the guy who stopped dating because he married his 16 17 year old sweetheart in high school his strand for going out dating and building skills and relating to somebody in a romantic way he didn't continue building an experience set there because he didn't need to he had a partner for however long he had it. That's going to happen naturally. That's why I was saying in this, in this widening a circle of care, it's, it has to do with I need to grow and learn and be focused on what skills do I need to get along in this time of life that I'm in here. And all of that has to do with really being interested in caring about other people that are doing things differently than me. You know, and there's another song that's on the, it's on my River of Life album called Me and You, which is, which basically the, the premise of which you don't have to see it my way just see my way. I don't need you to do it like me. What I am looking for is for you to understand who I am and why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. And then we can have a talk about whether that's a good idea and maybe it's not a good idea for you or maybe it's not a good idea for me, but it would work for you. And here's why, because of other trails and other strands in my life that aren't going to make that as easy for me to try to attempt as that is for you. So that kind of discussion is about what relationships are about, I think. And I think we could talk about relationships, and particularly this is with some focus on what's happening nationally in the United States right now. It's been happening for many decades and centuries even. The power that has exhibited itself in terms of sexual harassment or abuse, rape, any of the ways that power has been used to the detriment of our people as a whole, to our entire circle as a whole. And that's why we're talking about widening the circle of care. My own perspective is, and Peter's heard me say this before, that back in particularly in the 1960s, there was a growth spurt going into the 1970s where women started taking more of their own power. And that's so good and so wonderful. And it can only improve our world when we do that. I think men have lacked. Fortunately, Peter Alsop has produced a lot of songs that help men see where we haven't been growing ourselves in the way that would probably be best for ourselves and for the world as a whole. 
And unfortunately, Peter, we're going to run out of time here. Uh, the stations that carry our 55-minute program, you know, we'll go off the air, and I'd hate to do that in mid-sentence. So how about we share just one more song today, and we'll find time to have you back very soon. That would be great. This is the one I wrote because I just want to do what I can, and I, I know my work is with other men. So this is a song called Let's Not Do This Anymore because I don't want to alienate people. I want the, these guys. I want them that guys that don't tend to feel the same way you and I do, Mark, about women and, and, and you know, they don't, for whatever reason, uh, they don't see the value in sitting back and saying this person has stuff to say that really, her personhood is critically important to me and I want to make sure that that little girls grow up with a full range of things that they can do too. So this song is actually autobiographical. It came from a, a we, were, we were camping one night and there was a domestic violence thing going on and my wife was going, Peter, go stop that. I go, wait a minute, cops don't even get involved in domestic violence. She's going, go ahead, hit me, go ahead, hit me, you asshole. And I was going, do I really want to go out there? And I just stood and I witnessed. I didn't say anything. And it was scary. And uh, you'll hear what happened in the song. But I think they had some stuff to think about afterwards. And I didn't have to involve myself in a way that was inserting them or letting my fear pop up and have me respond angrily at the way that both of these people were relating to each other. And I had to be able to let go and say they're going to figure that out themselves or not. And I just did what I needed to do here. So I wasn't not doing anything because that didn't feel okay to me either. The song is Let's Not Do This Anymore, Peter Alsop. Asleep late at night in a crowded campsite Crash woke me up, then a scream and a curse Outside my tent, couple having a fight I went out, but it only got worse She yelled in his face, then he shoved her down Threatened to hit her if she did it again I was scared, but I stood my ground He stared back, we got a problem here, friend I said... Let's not do this anymore Maybe where you're from You can hit someone But hitting someone Never settles the score So let's not do this anymore Then she yelled at me too With tears in her eyes It's none of your business, so go away He stepped up twice my size And the only thing I could think to say was Let's not do this anymore Some men think this is what women are for But it's not true And you know it too well, let's not do this anymore He cocked his head, clenched his hand I don't need lessons from a jerk like you Maybe not, but I understand You'd be doing this better if you knew what to do Let's not do this anymore If you're really that strong and pass it along Hitting's not What people are for So hey Let's not do this Anymore 
grabbed her arm, said, get in the car. It's your fault, she said as they walked away. And I'm not sure, but through their open window, I thought I heard him say, let's not do this anymore. That dude's right. Hey, I don't want to fight. This kind of stuff is what turns into war. So let's not do this anymore. Let's just not do this anymore. Let's Not Do This Anymore is by Peter Alsop. He's got a plethora, a wealth, an abundance of recordings, and you'll find them on his website, peteralsop.com. That's just one of his more recent recordings. He's got them stretching back to the 1970s, and I haven't found a lemon in the whole group. There's no falseness here when I say that about your music, Peter. It's been with me since I saw you early in the 1980s in Milwaukee when you were first touring around then. The topic we've been dealing with, Peter, widening our circle of care. I hope that people, as they've heard these songs, that they found a little bit more room in their circle of those they care about. I just have to ask you, though, about the story that you told, and let's not do this anymore. You said they drove away. You thought maybe you heard him say. You weren't sure. I'm kind of imagining that you didn't actually hear that, but you imagined it at least. (laughs) Have you gotten reaction from men who say, yeah, my circle of care grew because I heard your songs? I've heard lots of things about the songs, but but it's like they say that when the when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I, it's not like I'm the teacher, but different people at different times in their lives, depending on what strand they're working on. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because I was referring to strands that, that have different parts of us that grow, that there's one of the things that's helped me more than anything else in the world is to see the little kid inside, the person that's acting out, the, the generally men, but can't women too. They're doing something that's not okay. And when I realize it's a little hurt girl or a little hurt boy inside of that body that's trying to make themselves feel bigger. And I don't have any problem saying, I think people say, I don't understand what our president is doing. And I go, I understand. If you think of him as a seven or eight year old boy inside a man's body, a lot of his behavior makes perfect sense. That's just what he's doing. He's just trying to seem big and seem okay because he doesn't really feel that way. Does that make his behaviors all right? No, it doesn't. But it helps me have some understanding about the little kid inside. So, yes, I, did, uh, I didn't hear that, but I, that was, uh, I, I didn't know what conversation they, were, they would have when they left because I was able to say some things that, that they could just think about a little bit because I engaged them in a way that wasn't attacking them for what they were doing. Well, I've been part of men's groups for 26 years now, weekly, two different men's groups, and I've been able to see myself and the other men grow over those years. My wife has said that she doesn't think we'd be together now if it wasn't for men's group. (laughs) Totally. She's made two points. One is that she doesn't have to be responsible for all my emotional needs. I don't put them all in her, and she has to live them out, take care of me. I've got men who I deal with emotional things about. And number two, she said, men can call me on my crap. 
because they don't have a vested interest in the outcome. You know, if, if she and I are disagreeing about something about the car or the house or, or whatever, we've each got vested interests in there. The men's group, they're talking to my core, but they're not going to win something personally if it goes one way or the other. So she's been very thankful to that, and I'm thankful to the men's group, and I'm thankful to my wife, who, after all, is a psychotherapist, and that she helps me mature by participating with me, just as I help her mature by working together in our circle of care grows ever wider. Nice. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure, as always, talking to you, and maybe we'll do it again. Have good holidays. Yeah, I'll have you back real soon, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us for Spirit in Action. And folks, we've been speaking with Peter Alsop, website peteralsop.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. I also have a link to his Facebook page, We Like Peter Alsop. It's a sentiment I hope you embrace as I do, and I hope that you do everything to continue to widen your circle of care. We'll see you all next week for Spirit in Action. The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice.